Good morning. It is hard to reconcile the God in today's Old Testament lesson with the God in the gospel. In one story, he sends poisonous serpents among the people. And in another story, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. On the one hand, we hear of a God who is weary of the never ending whining of those he has chosen to be his own. He is tired of their complaining and carping and sends a slithering strike team to take the people out. On the other hand, God's love for his people and his desire to be among them is so powerful that he offers his son to guide them to eternal salvation. What is interesting in these stories is that the people in these stories don't change much. Having recently been given their freedom from an oppressive enslaved existence, the Israelites soon let their fear of the unknown drive them to speak against their liberator. You can almost hear them saying, we would rather go back to the awful life we had instead of some promised future with you. It's a devil you know decision-making strategy. The evildoers in the gospel are no further along in their spiritual development. Dying away from the light of Christ, some prefer to wallow in the darkness of their deeds, fearful that God will see their sinful lives for what they are. Only the bravest ones will shed their fear and walk to the light once they understand the gift they have received. What does one do with these stories? Perhaps we should first look at how stories help us to make sense of the world. I do not remember where I read this information as I have seen it in many different places. However, it has been said that our brains spin stories or narratives to help us understand and make sense of what is happening. When a situation arises, our brains explain to us what is going on. Here is an example. One day, when you arrive at work, you say hello to a colleague who does not return your greeting. Your mind then begins to offer explanations about why that happened. They must not have heard me or they do not like me or they are so stuck up. Left unchallenged, the story your brain just told you becomes the story. Oh, well, you say, I'll catch up with them later. Or, hmm, guess I will not go out of my way to be nice to them. It all depends on which story you believe. Because the story you believe drives your response to them and 
informs your relationship? What if instead you were curious about what happened? Suppose you then approached that colleague again and said, good morning, how are you today? You might discover that they did not hear you the first time or were lost in thought. And that is why they did not talk to you before. Maybe they're struggling with some emotional burden or hardship and they were just distracted. The whole nature of your relationship might change because you chose to believe the more positive story that your brain told you. Accepting for a moment that it is true that our minds create narratives and stories about what is happening in our lives and how we are experiencing them. And keep in mind that some of those stories may or not be based on actual truth about what is going on. Nevertheless, is it possible that life and our responses to it are perceptions that can be changed? How might we benefit from examining those stories more closely? Let's go back to the story in our first lesson, Numbers. The people are impatient and cranky. They are speaking against Moses and God. They know that this is wrong, yet they cannot seem to stop complaining. Then they are beset by the poisonous serpents. They believe that God sent the serpents to punish them. That is the story their brains told them. We complained, we made God mad, God is punishing us. The simple equation of events. So they go to Moses and ask him to intercede on their behalf. God instructs Moses on what to do and those who do it are saved. There you have it. Disobedience, followed by repentance, acceptance of forgiveness, more obedience, and you are good to go. A more curious examination of the story might go like this. What if God never sent the serpents? What if the serpents were just sort of meandering about on their own journey and just happened upon the Israelites? What if God recognized that people behaved as they did because they were captivated by fear and God kind of shrugged it off and decided to be patient with them until the Israelites realized that all will be well if they place their faith in God. And when the Israelites finally do ask God for help, how does God respond? Does God say, too bad for you? No, God provides them with healing and takes care of them. So which version of the story resonates with you? What would you rather believe? And then ask yourself one more question. Who do I believe God is and why? Okay, that is technically two questions. My point is this, whomever we believe God to be 
influences our relationship with God. When Jesus said, indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, he told us a story about who God is that we could believe in without fear. It could be wrong. However, I do not think a God who sends a beloved messenger to the people to remind them of God's love for them is a God who would harm them. While it is true that bad things happen in life, what if those experiences are not expressions of God's anger? What if instead we tell ourselves this story? Bad things are happening. I am suffering. God will help me through this. The ability to see, hear, and feel God's presence in every situation takes practice, especially if the idea is new to us. Make no mistake, I am not talking about staying in optimistic denial. Instead, I am offering a suggestion of looking for evidence of God's love and healing in every situation. It is a practice whereby we tell our mind's eye, yes, I know you are afraid, and we will ask God to be present with us as we live this experience. Faith and belief in the light of God, in God's love, is an ongoing spiritual journey. We prepare for and begin that journey during Lent, knowing that Easter day is not the final destination because everlasting life does not end. However, it does start when we choose to embrace the love of God and invite the light of Christ into our hearts, trusting that we are redeemed by his love. And that, my friends, is a story we can believe or it is true.